Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today for the transgressors memorial service, remembering those who have transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must forever be cast into the abyss of dead names. Let's join Brother Andrew remembering those who we have lost. Our first remembrance is for the novel To Kill a Mockingbird. Although thought of by many as a classic, this fictionalization of racial injustice in the Deep South has been gradually falling out of favor with our specially trained and certified Wokenistas for several years. Even though this famous book was read by almost all Americans for decades and was listed by those most holy and venerated truth sculptors at the New York Times as their reader's pick for the best book of the last 125 years, there simply are too many problems to allow it to stand. First, the book uses that most unholy of words, which starts with an N, without context, explanation, or denouncement, a word which is only safe to be used by comedians, athletes, and rappers, never authors. Second, the central feature of the book is the white savior attorney who tries to rescue the at-risk black defendant from tragedy. And as the 19th dictum of woke evangelism clearly states, saviors must never, ever be white or male. Thus saith the Gaia. Third, even though Atticus Finch may seem like a hero, did he really work to challenge racism and injustice, or did he merely tell the basic truth about the falsely accused man? After all, he seems very comfortable operating within the power structure that favored males who look like him, and even went so far as to refer to one of the lynch mob members as a good man, and he had his meals prepared for him by a black house servant. Even our least instructed younglings would have done better under the circumstances. In addition to all of this, the book, for a variety of reasons, can very easily make readers feel uncomfortable. And we all know literature should never do that, unless it's making them feel uncomfortable for being white, male, wealthy, straight, or Christian. So, Jem, Scout, Boo, and Atticus, you must all go, woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend! Your sweet voice. Second. A hearty round of praise for the two members of the Guerrilla Climate Activism Army Declare Emergency, who this week threw pink powder on the indestructible glass case protecting the United States Constitution at the National Archives in order to raise awareness of the impending climate doom we are all facing if we cannot bring ourselves to stop driving cars, burning coal, breathing, belching, farting, and flying private jets from Tokyo to Las Vegas for sports ball festivals. Yes, these brave young eco-warriors identified male at birth really made their point with clarity when they exploited the logical nexus between pink powder, global climate change, and the Constitution. Only a fool wouldn't see the connection. Also, they did what every good activist desires, made it on the news with their lucid and compelling message. This country's founded on the conditions that all men are created or created equally and endowed with the inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We're calling for all people to have all these rights, not just wealthy white men. The eloquence is almost Hamiltonian. Yes, these courageous otherans successfully ruined family vacations, derailed educational field trips, and made the exhibit guards feel very, very sneezy. Like so many other experts in persuasion before them, these two heroes of the faith clearly embodied that sacred principle of protest. If you can't say something smart, then by all means do something dumb. And the dumber, the better. What might seem like petty vandalism to some looked to me like the Olympian mount of protest expression. Yes, as I sat watching these frontline soldiers from the comfort of my plush divan, 
I couldn't help but be inspired by these young evolutionary apex examples showing the world that some young men are in absolutely no danger of being taken over by toxic masculinity. Or by any masculinity. So good for you, young heartthrobs. While others throw soup or beans or bags of urine around with no flair at all, you stylishly doused yourselves and one of the greatest documents in human history with neon pink powder. Well done, good and faithful servants. You definitely have drunk your full serving of the Brondo, and it shows. It really shows. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Finally, a note of moderately optimistic expectation for the upcoming Apple TV special, Snoopy Presents Welcome Home Franklin. Based on the classic Charles Schultz cartoon Peanuts, this streaming special will tell the origin story of Franklin Armstrong, the cartoon of color, character added by Schultz after the assassination of Dr. King to the otherwise whites-only world of Charlie Brown. The reason I say moderately optimistic is because I never want to be fully endorsing of a new work of fiction until it has been thoroughly vetted by our self-righteousies of at least the third degree, and of course until I have personally been able to virtue nitpick it for myself. That being said, it supposedly will tell the story of Franklin being the new kid in school because his father was in the military, a plot which we obviously hope will focus on the disadvantages of minority children being forced to move around and suffering from the institutional racism of a military culture which preys upon the poor and black citizens of this country. There's always a danger this story might be just a little bit pro-military, which would be a calamity, but we trust modern illustrators to know better than to produce anything that might be even vaguely patriotic these days. Of course, it's all fine and well for Franklin to befriend the privileged white kids of Peanuts, as long as he also reveals to them the implicit bias they all carry, reminds them how often black children must suppress their blackness by pretending to assimilate into white culture in the classroom, and of course exposes the seedy undercurrents of speciesist depression towards Snoopy and Woodstock. Pets are people, not property. If it does all of this and also makes Charlie, Lucy, Linus, Pigpen, Schroeder, Peppermint Patty, and Marcy feel guilty for benefiting from their white privilege, it could truly be a glorious children's story. If it also happens to explain why adults talk like this, so much the better. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Before you leave today, please remember to sign the card of concern we're sending to Brittany Dingleson, who has been shut in her 87% recycled materials tiny house since Tuesday when she read the news that Starbucks is being sued for falsely claiming to serve only 100% ethically sourced coffee. Brother Kevin will be visiting Brittany tomorrow with a gift basket of alternate caffeine sources all believed to be certified injustice-free. We feel your pain, Brittany. Refreshments this week are provided by Tortilla Flatulence, the Mexican food that's never safe to eat at a party. Try the special seven-bean burrito served on a fried avocado skin with a topping of celery compote and seasoned with Mother Inferior's proprietary conflict-free Cajun spice blend. Just pop one in your mouth and let her rip. And now, brethren, sisterin, and otherin, having been cleansed of these hurtful words, give each other the holy virtue signal and go forth and transgress no more. <laughs>